Hey guys, welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We have another perfect TV show that fits right in with our relationships theme to discuss today. Uh, Master of None Season 3, which is called Moments in Love, which I already can't wait to discuss just the title alone. And, yeah, just really can't wait to discuss. I have a lot to say. But first, TV news. Jordan, what do you have for us this week? One thing I have is that um, they are reviving Project Greenlight on HBO with Issa Rae, which is extremely exciting. I mean... I never watched the original Project Greenlight with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, but yeah, I actually an- don't. I've never even heard of it. I don't know what it is. Oh, it was like, I mean, we were young when the original was on, but the what I understand about it is that it's kind of like them making indie projects, like because um, they used to be like indie boys, which is really funny now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like. On IMDb, it's the movie making reality series. So yeah, the main one thing that I like, there's like an Easter egg of it in When a Date with Todd Hamilton. Um, Gary Cole's like wearing a Project Greenlight T-shirt, <laughs> and that's literally the that is honestly the biggest impact that Project Greenlight, the TV show, made on my life personally. Um, and so that's amazing. I'm extremely excited that they'll focus on Issa. Especially because look what it did for Matt and Ben, you know? They are very A-list, and so I hope this propels Issa even further. So it's a reality show? Yeah, that's how it was. I actually haven't read it. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is similarly unscripted. Wow. So. Interesting. And she, so here's how it is. Let's actually, I'll actually give facts now. She is. Here's how it is. Here's how it's going to be. (laughs) <laughs> she is going to be a mentor for aspiring auteurs, according to Hollywood Reporter. I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> it's like it's like an it's just like an artist. Okay. And this will be uh featuring a group of female filmmakers, so that's very cool. That seems perfect, especially for Issa. Yes. So very excited. Right. Yeah, I love it. Some big news that hit today is that Lindsay Lohan is returning to acting and she's going to be in a Netflix holiday rom-com where she's playing a spoiled hotel heiress who gets amnesia after a skiing accident and finds herself in the care of a handsome blue collar lodge owner. (laughs) I know. I'm excited. Well... I'm um a little scared, but I mean it's a twist on Overboard. It's like Overboard in the snow, apparently. Great point. And um, I love Overboard, so we'll see. And Lindsay, inside of her, is an amazing actress. Yeah, so. I'm. I'm actually very excited. I I'm excited to see what she can do now. Yeah, I I saw a tweet earlier from someone who was like. This is the perfect entry back for her, or like back in for her, because it's like very low stakes and like you don't have to 
have like a lot of these actors that like let's say Candace Cameron for example she doesn't have like a ton of necessarily acting talent but she's successful in these kinds of Christmas movies so like perfect baby steps for Lindsay who actually like is very talented we just haven't seen her for a really long time totally maybe this will be the perfect yeah step into Mean Girls 2 please (laughs) (laughs) um something that a news piece that inspired me to start watching a TV show was that Netflix announced that the sitcom Kim's Convenience is was renewed for their fifth and final season. And I didn't even know there was more than one season. I've barely ever heard of the show. And I was like, just in the mood to just like start something. So I just turned it on this weekend and um, very enjoyable, very fun. I was just telling Taylor, it's it very much uh, Schitt's Creek vibes, which is funny because I also didn't know that it was Canadian just like Schitt's Creek. So very, it's just one of those like wholesome, but funny shows. And um, yeah. And I I was sad that I hadn't like really heard much about it, but then Mm -hmm. that it's going to have five seasons. I was like, wow, where, what rock have I been living under, you know? But so thank you news. (laughs) (laughs) But that's kind of like the best way to, I love a show that has a lot of seasons under its belt so you can like binge them and it's like completely new to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Cause then it's totally the vibes of a show that I just kind of turn on. You don't have to follow it so closely. It's just, it's I've and I've needed a new show like that. So it's really, it's really just hitting the spot for a lot of things that I've been needing. So love it. Yeah. Hulu released a trailer for um, their upcoming true crime comedy series um, titled Only Murders in the Building, and it stars Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, and I've seen a lot of pictures of Selena Gomez filming this show, and I always, I've been so intrigued as to, like, what it actually was, um, because it's a very interesting, like, um group of people yeah (laughs) but the trailer was really fun and it made me excited about it I'm I am looking forward to it I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm like a huge stan of Selena but I'm definitely a fan and I don't really feel like she gets the respect she deserves like she's Mm -hmm. I feel like almost out of all the Disney kids she like for some reason is the most pigeonholed I don't and I don't really know Cause like, I feel like she's very, she's always been extremely professional in her career and like works like she's always working. I just like, I just get the vibe that no one takes her seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's awesome. Like what a interesting, uh, thing to cast her in. And that makes me happy. I know. And I will say that her, um, her album revival is honestly one of my favorite albums of all time. It's a great album. So I agree with you. I don't think she gets the respect she likely deserves. Yeah, but she has kind fair. of a random career path, that's for sure. Yes, yeah. One piece of news, I guess it just hadn't formally been announced, but they did announce that um, Disney Plus is doing an official Hocus Pocus sequel with all three original witches. 
um for 2022 um i love hocus pocus i don't know how much i care about a sequel i think it's very cute that they're all on board because they're all like much more famous and don't have to do this and um i've never seen like a revival thing that was as good as the original ever like i was trying to think of one and i really couldn't think of anything <laughs> so That's i just a great point i don't think it i i think it, i'm sure it'll be very cute and fun i hope it's like good but i just like i don't know i'm the demographic that should be the most excited maybe and i'm like i don't really care yeah i agree but I was impressed that they all signed on. Yeah, exactly. Like that is a victory in its in itself. So carry on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> One piece of news that I have bookmarked mostly because of the photo, which I know does not come across in the podcast, but maybe <laughs> if you're listening you saw this too. Um, but HBO shared some of the first photos from the upcoming TV series adaptation of The Time Traveler's Wife, which I didn't, I don't think I even knew they were doing. I definitely but it am has... learning that right now. Okay, I'm glad because I was like, this seems like something we would have talked about, but I don't think we did. And it's starring Rose Leslie. And what? then the, the guy is Theo James, but in the picture, oh. it does not look oh. like him. That's weird because... Um, for as little as Theo James has done, I really know who he is and really love that. He's very hot. <laughs> He's very hot. So like, I just am a little bit confused because in the picture, I at first thought it was, um, oh, I thought it was Adam Paul, Polly. What? <laughs> oh, okay. I think I'm looking at the picture. Are they like laughing in a bookstore? Yes. He looks exactly like Adam Pally. What? Okay, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> oh my god. It's very strange because like Is there like Theo another James is like very hot? <laughs> Theo James is like hotter than he is good at acting. Like he Yes, um, he's just like like he's, fun to look at. <laughs> yeah. Well and I feel like he I'm and I don't know maybe he's not bad, but I feel like everything he's in is like cursed from like his one iconic Downton Abbey episode. And um, Divergent, like, those movies mm -hmm. are cursed. Mm -hmm. And, like, where has he been since then? And now he, wow. I mean, someone should tell Adam Pally that <laughs> because what a compliment. <laughs> He'd be honored. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, all I had to do, for listeners at home, all I had to do was Google Time Traveler's Wife into Twitter, and the first picture that came up was that. And... Oh, good. I'm that glad. That is so confusing. I'm going to need to end the episode now so I can think about this. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice talking to you. See you all next week. <laughs> yeah, I hope your discussion goes well. <laughs> oh, wow. That's shocking. Um, okay. Wow. Yeah, definitely didn't know that was existing, and I'm really shook looking at that picture. I know. I'm sorry to do that to you. That's okay. It was really fun. <sighs> Especially hearing your description before I saw the photo. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the that was what I was trying to do. Well, also dramatic effect. I do feel like I saw actually. You know, now that you say that, I actually saw Theo James trending a couple weeks ago because I guess he's. It makes sense that he's 
he's he's on like a a different like pbs masterpiece theater kind of romance like period drama show i guess and he's like Mm -hmm. the main romantic lead and everyone's pissed because he's like leaving the show and they're like well now what (laughs) and in the (laughs) pictures i saw of that show he does look the exact way i've always remembered him like super hot and um the side that side angle maybe is just like not his angle I don't. So I think it's the hair that the perm hair. The hair is crazy. He also yeah. looks like he could be in like the Trial of the Chicago Seven, like if Adam Powell yes. were one of the seven. <laughs> True. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean that really overshadows all of my news that I have left. <laughs> I'm glad I almost didn't bring it up but I was like I have to oh my gosh I'm so happy that you did also like we've never really talked about Theo James not one time maybe no but like not a single time right after college when I when I loved the divergent the first divergent book and then I saw the movie and I was like hmm (laughs) but I was obsessed (laughs) with him like he's so hot so yeah anyway I do have one other thing that is good um did you see today they announced, because remember we talked about that Elizabeth Olsen HBO Max show, Love and Death? Yes. They announced that the person starring opposite her is Jesse Plemons. What? Friend of the pod. Of course he is. Wow, I'm so happy. Yeah, in like very good pairing because they are both incredible at acting. I'll be honest, when you first said his name, I thought I was in my head. I had... um. Let me make sure that's his name. <laughs> um, I had Jesse Eisenberg in my brain. Ugh. And I was like, what? That's too and close like, to the social network. Like, it, why did they do that? Yeah. And you're also like, why are you so excited? I can never remember Jesse Plemons name, which is truly wild. Our but, friend Landry. Yeah, that's who he is to me. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's some good news. I love it. Um, is that all you had? Uh, I did have one tiny thing that I don't even have anything else to say about it. Just the announcement. Okay, let's hear it. Um, they announced that Dune is now instead of pr- being on HBO Max, it's only going to be in theaters. <laughs> oh my gosh! What a whiplash! <laughs> It's pretty. I think it's funny. I'm laughing. <laughs> it is pretty funny. Although, but it does seem like a movie that you should definitely not watch on your TV. You know? Yeah, I feel like the best thing about it will be the graphics and like the landscape yeah. shots. I've heard. Um, I, I read something the other day that was saying that it's like one of the most beautifully filmed movies that to ever exist, or something. Oh, good. Because it's I gonna mean, be long. Who wouldn't say that about their own movie, though? You know. <laughs> True. <laughs> Because it's going to be long and it's going to be a weird story that doesn't make sense to me. According to my previous Dune experiences. So I better <laughs> look good. <laughs> wow. I feel like <laughs> we're like 15 minutes in and I'm already a little slap happy. But <laughs> I think see. that's good. I I'm think excited that'll to be see good. where that takes us. <laughs> yeah. So for our top three... We were inspired from a tweet. Um, HBO tweeted, tell me an HBO character that you think deserves their own spinoff show. 
and Mindy Kaling said no ho Hank or that tiny warrior girl uh Liana from Game of Thrones which I completely agree with both of those yeah it was honestly hard not to pick those for our top three for me I know I was like those I think no ho Hank especially would be my number one 100 percent and felt really perfect because season three of master of none feels pretty much like a spinoff series with lena waith's character so okay i'll go first my number three is titus from kimmy schmidt Ugh, they really should I mean, do that goes without saying it's right there just do it yeah He's the reason for watching the show in the first place. And that means he really deserves his own show. Yeah. I would even say, I would even take a spinoff of his spinoff. That's all about the Lindas in the world. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I forgot about the Lindas. That's one of my favorite jokes of all time. It's so good. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Hmm. Maybe I should rewatch Kimmy Schmidt. I don't know. We'll see. That sounds like a crazy idea but whatever there's so many things on our rewatch list seriously it's exhausting it's too long wow i'm obsessed with titus and i'm obsessed with that idea um my number three i picked the character missy from big mouth she was originally voiced by jenny slate and then last year since missy the character is black they instead cast ao edibiri who was actually a writer on the show and she's actually in dickinson also and is a writer on dickinson so she's very cool is she is she the um the like newspaper guy's sister yes cool she's cool she's she's very 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 awesome and um and I actually haven't I'm not caught up on Big Mouth because I I think there's a lot of really funny things there but it's honestly a little too gross for me a lot of times but I think a spin-off if it's focused if the main character is a girl and not a disgusting boy then I think already that's a great show I would definitely be interested in watching <laughs> yeah cuz um, it's a little it's a little too traumatizing especially when we're supposed to be like dating guys <laughs> yeah you can't watch that at the well, same time it's trying it's, to date men <laughs> yeah it's it's a lot i don't know i it's it's not always for me but if it were pretty much exclusively covering a like girls experience going through puberty which they do cover but i would just prefer to watch it about the character missy who is really um complex and quirky and very cute and i find the boys on the show very gross <laughs> so like sometimes i literally <laughs> just fast forward some of the boy parts and get to the plots about like the girls starting their periods and like dealing with whatever it's just more in- it's already more interesting to me basically so yeah i mean makes a lot of sense thank you question that is going to lead into my number two does Patty Harrison voice anyone on that show, or is she a write just a writer? She has um, done like cameos. I mean, why have her on your team if you're not going to use her in every possible way? You know. Uh huh. Which leads to my number two, Ruthie from Shrill, played by Patty Harrison. Yes. <laughs> I think I really just felt an absence of her in season three, and I just I need to know more about her life. 
I want to know what she's like at home. I want to know what she's like dating. I want to know how she grew up. I want to know so much. I seriously, it would be amazing. Um, and I don't really, I feel like there's not enough shows about like the trans experience of like a millennial trans person dating. Like it almost could be like it. That's, there's a spinoff right there. That is so intriguing and good. And I feel like Patty Harrison's one of those actors that like, even before I like knew who she was and like followed her and knew how like weird and funny she was like, she's in search party for like two scenes and i'm like that girl's hilarious like you just inherently yeah, just, want like, to watch her yeah attention seriously so wow yep co-sign on that great thank you i'll send two. the idea to ad bryant so Please. that since trill is done anyway seriously cc lauren michaels <laughs> <laughs> um my number two, I went in a weird direction, but I just couldn't say no. It's from, because it's from a reality show. And wow. I picked Minju, Kim, and Angel Chen from Next in <gasps> Fashion, Dragon Princess. They ne- definitely need their own show. I mean, I was just like scrolling through, looking at different show titles, and I was like, oh. It practically was their own show already because they were like just stars like i'm dying to watch a show that's only about them designing clothes so i would just i would be obsessed with that show yeah i think that's a brilliant idea i'm really glad you brought that up thank you i mean and they can call dragon princess it's right there yeah it's all figured out my number one is Uh, Princess Margaret from The Crown. I think I've already talked about this, but I'm still on it, clearly. Um, But her story is just so fascinating to me, and I just need to know more. Um, Something I learned while watching The Crown is that basically you don't matter if you're not the queen (laughs) or, like, the next in line to be the queen or king. So, which is just, like, interesting in and of itself, Mm-hmm. Um, because these these side characters, not characters, real life people have like equally, if not more, fascinating lives than the queen, and um, yeah, just like living in the queen's shadows and all of all of it. I'm yeah. just very intrigued by it. Well, like living your so. whole life knowing that you don't really matter exactly like all the younger siblings that would be fascinating Mm-hmm. and we got we got a little bit on the crown but it still wasn't enough for me because I still feel conflicted about her and I just want to know more my number one is um I picked Zoe Kravitz's character Bonnie from Big Little Lies oh that's a great answer um thank you I was like, it's not that I necessarily want more Big Little Lies, because especially when the second season just felt like, okay, this is like plenty. We didn't really need any of this. But we the the best part of season two was Bonnie, like any more looks into her past and her present. Like we barely know anything about her. But what we did see was extremely interesting and cool. 
And I mean, we saw from High Fidelity that like Zoe can totally carry her own TV show. So mm-hmm. to me, that's a no brainer. It's like take one of the Game of Thrones spinoffs away from them and give it to her instead. <laughs> that's, I think that's my a pitch. Great compromise. Thank you. <laughs> Especially Get it on HBO. Like, signed. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> your support, and it's a pleasure doing business with you. Yeah, I can't give you any money to support any of these, but I can definitely <laughs> sign my name and say this should be made. We could. I wonder, can you make a Kickstarter, like, but for someone else to do something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but we should try. We should just be like, it's like professional pitching, like show pitchers, but like we're not going to actually do any of it, but like these are great ideas, okay? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, <sighs> feeling great about all those. Me too. Can't wait to watch all of them. <laughs> when someone steals all our ideas. Someday. All right. Uh, like we mentioned, I think it was like two weeks ago, um, that we were very pleasantly surprised to see that A Master of None Season 3 was made and dropped this week um i think i may have even called it like hollywood's best kept secret i don't know if that's true but (laughs) still um yeah it's uh so season three and uh they keep calling it moments in love which i'm obsessed with it and i know i've already said this i don't want to get too into it I will let Jordan give us a brief rundown of what goes on in this season. Yeah. So as we've kind of mentioned, this season three is um, focusing in on Lena Waithe's character, Janice, who is like a side character in seasons one and two, because she's friends with Aziz Ansari's character, Dev. And so these seasons focus on her and her partner, Alicia, played by Naomi Aki, who um, we loved in The End of the Effing World, season two, and also in Star Wars, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. And now I've seen her play three completely different characters, and she's really crushed it on all three. Pretty blown away by her Truly. talent. Um, but yeah, so this season is it's really, I mean, similar to the first seasons of Master of None, which, like, kind of putting a magnifying glass on aspects of life slash especially relationships. And so that's what this is doing with the characters of Denise and Alicia. Beautifully said. Thank you. So since this is a season three and um, the nature of Master of None is uh, – everything's pretty ambiguous we might say see things in this discussion that some would consider spoilery so if you really like to go into a show without knowing anything maybe watch it first before you listen to us um but wow watching this was truly such an experience in my opinion um I I think I loved it. It's very it's very hard to like totally nail down my feelings on it as a as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um 
I find myself getting uh, blindly following and loving things that are just so beautiful. But the more I think about the actual stories that were told and um, I just keep loving it more and more. Um, something, this was one of my, re, I rewatched Masters of None at like the beginning of quarantine. So it was kind of fun to get back into that mindset while watching this. And something I had forgotten when I was rewatching seasons one and two is that this show is very slow and that's not new in season three. Um, that's how it was in seasons one and two as well. Um, So I think it's something to keep in mind before you start season three is that this is just going to be a very slow show, but I think that's part of why it's, I personally love it. I don't know why I feel so defensive of like my own opinions and have to keep (laughs) saying like, this is my opinion, but apparently I do. Um, But I think that some of the most beautiful moments are in like when no, are when no one's talking and it's just like um like washing machines like at a laundromat going for a good few minutes like I really appreciate those moments and kind of like that they uh have chosen to show those quiet moments and don't feel like they have to fill every single um scene with dialogue Yeah, I think that Um, it it makes it feel like you're really watching a real person. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And like maybe, and I hadn't really put that together, but I love that. For me, how I feel about Master of None is that I think that I really like it. I, I can't say that I love the show because I think that both seasons and now season three, there's like moments of really like, I want to say brilliance, but season one and two, there's also a lot of inconsistency. Like there's some episodes that are just kind of like, they don't really resonate with me that much. So I feel like it's like, there's a lot of like super high peaks of like art and then kind of like, oh, that one's like, okay. Like that didn't move me at all, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, But something that I... I mean, it's not like you have to choose or anything, but I'm like, I'm trying to decide if I think season three is the best season or if I, like, I cannot decide if I think this is maybe my favorite season of Master of None. Um, I have no clue. It's hard to compare since it's so different. It's so different and it's, it's like a shorter season. Um, so do you, because it was shorter, do you think it cut out the times of the seasons one and two where you felt like it was like unnecessary yeah I think I do or do you feel like it still had that I think that there were some things um like for example I one of my notes I didn't take very many notes because I was just kind of like absorbing it which is a good sign um but one thing I was thinking because it's like so episode one which I thought was very good um even though it was like it's an hour long episode but I thought it was extremely good And then season Mm -hmm. or episode two is like 22 minutes or something like it's very short. But I remember being I like paused it in the middle and I was like, I'm only halfway done. I was like, why does this episode feel so long? Like, that's so weird. That's how I felt, too. Like, they all felt equal, even though they were like completely 50 percent less time. It was very I didn't get that. I I mean, I didn't get like why that 
felt like that. But yeah, I do think that the shorter season, I think that there wasn't as much room for those kind of episodes that for me personally were kind of almost filler, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think that Master of None seasons one and two is strongest when it is relationship heavy episodes. Yeah. And this was only relationship for the most part. I mean, actually, I think 100% it was like relationships that could be like yourself as a single person too because um beautifully said my favorite episode was definitely the ivf episode um, same um yeah i think i hadn't really thought about that in my like trying to decide if i liked this more than the original two seasons that maybe it's because this one didn't have filler because it was so much shorter and mm-hmm. i think that's just i think that's a really good point and i think it's because i think my i think my point in saying this is that it's because it was a season about relationships instead of trying to kind of throw in like hollywood commentary you know where like like, even like aziz's like work as like a um tv show host you know yeah which it's like at the time i didn't like see that as out of place but watching this season and um, also the season wasn't really trying to be funny. And mm-hmm. um, even when Aziz was in it, it wasn't trying to be a comedy really. And I actually think that worked better for me. Even though I'm definitely yeah. more of a comedy person, I actually liked it more. I liked the more serious tone. Yeah, I loved seeing Aziz as like a, just like a supportive friend role. Um and so I was glad he was in it for a little bit, but yeah, um, yeah, the parts he was in was great. I really loved the dinner scene, the dinner that they had together. I really loved that scene. Yeah, it was very, very good. I thought it was interesting how they definitely time jumped. We don't really know how much, um, but I thought it was done really well, and like they didn't. We found out bits and pieces like as we went on, but. Um, it wasn't, there was never like a thing that said like five years later or anything like that. Um, the time, the time telling was really beautiful, I think as well. Yeah. Especially a lot of it was just through like the seasons that were shown, which I also always love. Yes. I, I get really annoyed when a show over explains anything. Yes. And I like. I like when we have to kind of work for it and figure things out naturally. It's so much better. So that was really good. Yeah. One of my personal favorite things of this uh, season was the beauty of literally everything. The way it was filmed was so gorgeous. I like, and like every scene was just like the set design was so amazing. And I was so obsessed with it that I was like I'm I've been doing a lot of research on a lot of it and I just found some very interesting things that I would love to share with you if you're interested Jordan please do first of all the house um which is like the main the main stage for like all of most of the season um is that not like the most beautiful house you've ever seen it's amazing Did it's they ever so say cozy what's are they are they where are they <laughs> i'm realizing now, i think I don't they even were like in upstate were. new york oh, i'm assuming okay. okay 
Yeah, it was stunning. Um, that house doesn't really exist. What? Which I was it, shocked. It's all and furious. Soundstage. Yes, it's all. It was all just like built for the show. Wow. So like, which I thought was amazing because it looked so old and like antiquey, and and huge. Um, yes. Wow. So I found the set designer on Instagram and she's posted so many great behind the scenes um, content. Um, her name is Amy Williams. And one thing that she posted about was the uh, stained glass that was above their bed, which um, they mentioned casually in their conversations um but was clearly a focal point in the show and I thought it was so beautiful like I seriously was like I want to visit this house (laughs) and um so she posted like a bunch of drawings that she had sent to Aziz and like some stained glass makers um and just like going through the process and some of the um in the center of the stained glass is a uh cicada i believe and which is funny because i feel like i've been seeing cicada stuff literally everywhere i know it's because this is the year it's crazy 17 years apparently i too have been seeing a lot of cicada content i'm glad it's not just me (laughs) (laughs) and so i was just like wow another one but apparently um in insect symbolism a cicada is associated with cycles and evolution and so, like, just, like, the teeniest, tiniest details like that were thought of. And, like, apparently this uh, stained glass went through, was, like, 12 crew members were involved in it. There were eight drawings, a few renderings, three vendors, 38 e- emails, like, all about this small part of the set design, which wow. I just f- thought was so fascinating. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's like, I wouldn't have ever, like, you have to work to find that out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like this, the house was built in London, um, in a convention center, and... That is so yeah, weird. Yeah, just Con- uh, very wild. Sound stages are so confusing to me. They... I do not get it. If anyone to wants to take comprehend. us on a tour, please yeah (laughs) that would be amazing okay now also can we talk about the ivf episode because that was my favorite episode as well i thought it was so good yeah i want to be um like mature and artsy but like a lot of the the slow moments the silence and the like kind of ambiance moments were amazing but i would get easily distracted and um the IVF episode for me was the one that I was like barely distracted ever at all. Like wasn't on my phone unless I was like researching something about IVF or something like is mm-hmm. that true? <laughs> um I thought it was so good. So good. Well, apparently um the LA Times actually like wrote this whole article about that episode and interviewed Aziz and um Aziz and Naomi and Lena Waithe and apparently 
they like consulted with a ton of IVF patients and doctors to make sure that the story they were telling was as close to the truth as possible. And it was also inspired by a friend of Aziz's who was going through the IVF process. Um, and he said in the article, like, I, um, I like telling the stories of things that a lot of people go through, but no one talks about. Mm-hmm. And while I was watching this episode, I was like, it's so fascinating that I have so many friends who have gone through IVF, but it's true. I feel like I've never really seen it portrayed on television. Totally. Especially like I've seen it, like I've seen baby mama, but like I've never seen it, which actually is about a single woman trying to have a baby now that I think about it. But like, I was thinking, especially as a single woman and on top of that lesbian, I was just something that I had never seen. Yeah. I feel like it was, it was like quietly groundbreaking. Um, yes. Even just the moments where she's like scared to do the first injection and like mm-hmm. has to call her mom and stuff. I just feel like I just couldn't get over how good Naomi Aki was. Me neither. Um, I hope she wins something for this because she was incredible. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I like Lena Waithe, too, and I feel like they worked extremely well together. But mm-hmm. um, I was just, I the IVF episode just really, really uh, blew me away. Like, yeah, she was acting against some other people, but so much of it was just her by herself, and it didn't feel unnatural at all. It just was like, it's like they were just taping a woman actually doing this. And mm-hmm. the fact that it wasn't, that this was acting, was amazing. Yeah, it felt like I was watching a documentary. Yeah, seriously. Two more things. I feel like I'm, like, being weirdly obsessive. I guess I am. But another <laughs> thing that I read in that uh, Los Angeles Times article was that um, her stylist... Um, gave her characters hairstyles that reflected her increasing exhaustion throughout the treatment, which I loved because her, her changing hairstyles was something I actually noticed. And I was like, that is a very interesting thing because we haven't, hadn't seen that her really have any different hairstyles until that happened. And so I was Mm -hmm. like, this feels very deliberate, but I can't put my finger on it. And so when I read that, I was like, Oh wow. I really love that. Yeah. That's amazing. And then, and of true course, to life. so yet again, very realistic. Seriously, yeah. Um, my last gush of the IVF episode is just that Cordelia is like the best character I've ever side character I've ever seen, <laughs> and maybe we need a Cordelia Cordelia spinoff. Yeah, a spinoff of a spinoff. Amazing. <laughs> oh gosh, it was like I was so happy that it had a happy ending. I was so stressed out. Me too. Especially knowing that it's like in real life, you can have the best attitude in the world and you don't get a happy ending, you know? So I was happy that they... Mm -hmm. And you can pour so much money into it. Yes. So, especially, I I mean, like, as I was like, where... I was like, I can totally see them going either way because this show is... Like, does make a point to be realistic, you know? So Mm -hmm. I was like so so happy that it worked out because again it felt like i was watching this happen to a real person totally so well i think that ties right into 
the title of this series, which now I've said three times how much I loved it, but like the idea of moments of love is just like very beautiful to me because it's just, it's beautiful because it's true. Like we have so many different moments of love, but it is very unrealistic to think that we will just have a life chocked full of love at all times. Like that's just not realistic. And so I love that that was the title of the series or the season. And I thought that that was portrayed really well throughout each, like every episode, even if it was like a hard episode to watch, I feel like there were still moments of love in every episode. And even like you bring up the nurse Cordelia, like exactly those were moments of love too. Like, even in the hardest times, even when Cordelia was telling her, like, no, you're not pregnant for the first time, Mm -hmm. it was still, like, the most loving way you could ever be told that. I don't know. It was just, like, so beautiful. Yes. I'm also really surprised. I'm assuming it's just IMDb sexists that are ranking rating these episodes because they all have very low ratings. Very surprised by that. Yeah. They're, like, 6.5 or 6s. It's weird. Very weird. And I would say yeah. don't listen to them. Listen to us because it listen was good. Us. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, the more I clearly the more I like think about it and the more I read about it, the more I fall in love with it. And it was just like a very beautiful watching experience. And Aziz directed every episode and this is something we've talked about before where like I have a hard time like figuring out like the director seeing the director's work in the show Mm -hmm. but I really did that was one of my only notes from after watching episode one it was my first note was this house is the most beautiful house I've ever seen and my last note was Aziz is a beautiful director and yeah yeah I wonder if that's something that made me like this season more too because sometimes um, when it's a show that's starring the creator slash director slash writer and he's like putting himself in all of these like girls love me situations, <laughs> it's yeah. like sometimes it's hard for me to like be like, okay, like <laughs> you wrote this show that's like all the like people are obsessed with you. <laughs> that's um, a really great point. And I kind of liked um, I liked him taking a step back and making a show about other people. And it's not to, yeah. s- to discount the things he has to say in seasons one and two, especially things that are particular to him, like his relationships with his immigrant parents and things like that. Um, but I think that sometimes that is why I would um, be like a little less impressed than I could be when it's like this like autobiographical tale about like all your like exploits you know and so Mm -hmm. i i think after after discussing it i i really do prefer season three to one and two it's official it's official it's hard for me to i don't think i can make myself choose but i'm glad we got there with you yeah well i mean it's just that's just that's a good sign when you really can't choose between can't pick a favorite you know yeah um crush of the week my crush is has to be naomi aki one of my notes in my 
um one of my notes in my notes is <laughs> Naomi Aki is the love of my life maybe <laughs> I'm obsessed she was incredible I know we've already said it but I just couldn't not choose her yeah she was perfect she's the next big thing or else yeah. you know which um, like also she's 29 so it was like crazy to me that they were she was playing a 37 year old but like I, it wasn't that like not believable but it was yeah, no. I was like oh she's my age when I realized wow I just thought that she was carries such like wisdom not to say that like 37 is old but you know what I mean like like your late 30s are different than your late 20s yeah but like she totally fit the bill and then but in the end of the effing world she's playing like a college student right and like yeah. I, that was totally believable too so mm-hmm. wow just That's amazing fascinating I didn't even think to look up her age because I just there was no doubt in my mind <laughs> the minute they said she was 37 I was like how old is she yeah which is funny because I'm normally like obsessive about looking up actors ages and heights and well usually I feel like they just have older people playing younger people yeah so I feel like it's kind of rare to have someone so young playing someone so much older totally wow that's wild I know I'm glad you were (gasps) shocked about that I'm shocked truly shocked um well I mean (laughs) My crush is in a different direction, but I have... Can't wait. I really have to shout out... I'm going back to talk about Kim's Convenience. I have to shout out Simu Liu, who is one of the leads. He plays their oldest son in the fam- in the Kim family on the show. And I was like, this is one of the hottest people I've ever seen. <laughs> He's so hot. And then my roommate, who is a major Marvel head, walks in and she was like, oh, yeah, isn't that the guy who's going to be, he's the lead in the, like, the next Marvel movie, uh, Shang-Chi? And I was like, excuse me? And she was like, yeah, that's the guy. And I was like, what? And that's the one, I actually did just watch the trailer, it's with, it's the one with Aquafina. And it's, like, the first, um, Marvel lead, um, who's Asian, which is very cool, But I was like, holy crap, like, first of all, I'm just barely basically hearing that this show exists. And now he's like this up and coming huge star. And um, perfect timing. I know. I thought Marvel has has their fingers wrapped around you once again. Apparently I. um, (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wow, I thought I was like discovering this new person. But no, no, definitely not. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> highly recommend stalking him on Instagram. It's very hot. And Will I'm do. obsessed. Can't wait. Obsession of the week. Love it. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Let us know if you watched Masters of None season three. Can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts. I will clearly will be thinking about this for a while and would love any any insights or opinions. Bye. Bye.